When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1240, Surviving Valentine's Day, and The Gift of Pain, both by Rosalind Palmer of rosalindpalmer.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ORD. I am your host and narrator, Greg Audino, here on the big day, Valentine's Day, the day we all sort of maybe think a little harder about, uh, or at least emphasize a little bit more being that we are people who tune into a podcast that's all about relationship improvement. Well, I sure hope this Valentine's Day is off to a good start for you if you're listening in real time. But if not, today's featured author, Rosalind Palmer, has some words of encouragement. I'll actually be reading two posts from her, both of which could be applicable if today is tough for you. But frankly, these posts are great even if you are feeling chipper today. So what do you say we dive right into them and optimize your life? Surviving Valentine's Day by Rosalind Palmer of rosalindpalmer.com Valentine's Day is here, and don't we know it. Our inboxes are pinging with special offers and romantic break ideas, adverts are telling us where to go for a lovely meal for two, and supermarkets look like festivals of flowers. But what if you're single or in an unhappy relationship? This kind of intense focus on love and romance can sometimes serve to make you feel even worse. So, short of turning off all your technology for the day, what can you do about it? Well, the most important way to either fully enjoy or survive Valentine's Day is to realize that the most important relationship you have is with yourself. What we really crave in a relationship of any kind is intimacy, and this starts with into me see. In order to make your relationships work, you need to treat the time you spend with yourself and on yourself as a priority, something most people, especially women, struggle to achieve as they put the needs of others before themselves. Selfishness is not a trait we encourage in our formative years or being different. Born into a family of extroverts, you crave time alone and you will hear, don't be so rude or standoffish or unfriendly. People will think you don't like them. Join in. Conversely, If you're born into a family of introverts, then your extrovert tendencies will be invariably frowned upon and reined in, meaning you learn to distrust your own instincts and sacrifice what you crave for the greater good. In my profession, I treat many people, especially women, who may be in long-term relationships and are still unhappy, lonely, and unfulfilled, craving intimacy, craving some time for themselves, especially if they're baby boomers and maybe in a sandwich of trying to meet the needs of growing children, aging parents, and increasingly grandchildren. Oh, plus their own jobs, relationships, and personal development. Hardly surprising that there's little left for your partner, and even less for yourself. So remember, on an airplane, you're told to fit your own oxygen mask before your children's. And this is a good concept to apply in life too. This little exercise is drilled into you each time you fly as it is contrary to human nature to look out for your dependents first. 
So if Valentine's Day is getting you down, here's my survival guide, which cheerily spells Valentine's. V. Value yourself. Give yourself care and nurture. Your health is paramount physically, emotionally, and spiritually. A. Accept yourself for who you are. Rejoice in your own unique qualities. Be grateful for all the things in your life. It's a good idea to keep a gratitude journal. L. Learn to let go. Forgive yourself and be kind to yourself. If you chastised a friend or lover the way you may speak harshly to yourself, would they stay? Probably not. E. Enjoy your own company. Otherwise, how can others enjoy being with you? N. Never leave yourself off your to-do list. This includes both waking and sleeping time. Before you go to sleep, remind yourself of all your positive qualities and wins you had that day. It will positively influence your dreams. T. There is no such thing as perfection. Perfect people in magazines are airbrushed. Perfection is unattainable, like a finish ribbon that moves away all the time. As such, it is the lowest quality of all. I. I've got this. Say this to yourself every day. You are enough, and all you need is already within you. Start to hear a new and encouraging voice that supports you. N. Never say never. Even if you've been hurt in the past, you can still find someone who loves and values you for who you are. But first, you must do this for yourself. E. Every day, find ways to love and nurture yourself. Walk in nature. Take 10 uninterrupted minutes, even if you have to go out onto the fire escape at your office, to savor your coffee. Soak in a hot bath. Do whatever works for you. S. Say no to others and to overwhelming demands on you and your time. And always remember to fit your own oxygen mask first. The Gift of Pain by Rosalind Palmer of rosalindpalmer.com Recently, while loading the car before a long drive, I leaned across the back seat to grab something, and my back spasmed into pain. I then endured an agonizing three-hour drive and several days of pain and immobility before a combination of acupuncture in Newark, massage, deep heat pads, and gentle yoga resolved it. I only got through the job of emceeing the Nottingham Digital Summit in the midst of this with a combination of painkillers. Yet, even when it was at its worst, I had to remind myself that physical pain is a good thing. What? You cry. Are you saying no pain, no gain? Well, not exactly. When we feel pain, our first impulse is to get rid of it. This is understandable, as the subconscious is wired at a survival level to move us away from pain and towards pleasure. But in our hurry to medicate the pain away, we often fail to heed our body. Pain can be its way of telling us that there's a problem that needs to be addressed. For example, a headache is often our body's way of telling us that we are dehydrated or hungry, or stressed, as it can be an emotional issue and again, a warning. Perhaps you need to create more balance, more rest, and stop doing things that are hurting you. Ignoring the warnings of physical and emotional pain, or immediately numbing them, is not always the right thing to do. For many years, I worked at an international charity, the Leprosy Mission. When the job was advertised, I already knew something about leprosy as I had read a book called The Gift of Pain by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. It was given to me some years earlier as I faced a cancer treatment. I thought it 
a rather insulting gift at first, until I read it and discovered that in a world where people literally feel no pain, they reap horrifying consequences. If people affected by leprosy can't feel a hand or foot, then they don't know when they have damaged it and don't seek help quickly enough. So pain is a gift that none of us want, and yet none of us can do without as it is a red flag to warn of danger. If you suppress this warning, then it can cause serious damage. In the case of leprosy patients, this is physical. In the case of most of my clients, this is emotional. By numbing or suppressing unpleasant feelings through alcohol, shopping, or another diversionary tactic, you just internalize it and don't take steps to understand and undo the root cause or change the present circumstances that are making it worse. As Philip Yancey says, quote, I have come up with four frontiers where every suffering person will do battle. The frontiers of fear, helplessness, meaning, and hope. End quote. Just as we tend to a cut on our arm by cleaning and bandaging it, we can treat an emotional pain such as a broken heart by surrounding ourselves with love and support. In both cases, the first step is to listen to our pain, work out what it's telling us, and then explore what to do to heal ourselves. What a gift. You just listened to the posts titled Surviving Valentine's Day and The Gift of Pain both by Rosalind Palmer of rosalindpalmer.com. And definitely a lot to consider from both these reads, and perhaps it's all landing a little bit harder on Valentine's Day, however you feel about this particular holiday on this particular year. Um, And I suppose that wording alone might sum up the way these posts bind all of us. How we feel about anything at any time is constantly fleeting. We may find pain this year, but not next or the other way around. We may be in a happier relationship next year, but not find Valentine's Day as important. Whatever the case may be, Valentine's Day or not, the idea, the truth, is that our pain is fleeting. It's constantly in flux. This is the nature of being human. This is one of the many things that we all have in common, and this is one means of keeping perspective when we feel as though our pain is too much to bear. Whether or not you're Working on trying to fix a pain point of yours, having that pain in the first place is not wrong, it's not unnatural, and it is certainly not free of things to be grateful for, past, present, or future, because just like there's no light without darkness, there is no joy without pain. Hopefully that's not too much. Hopefully that uplifts you today, if uplifting feels good for you. Whatever the case may be, I wish you all luck today, and I'm reminding you that you are all my Valentines, that is for sure. So have a happy Valentine's Day once more, everyone, and be sure to come back tomorrow for another post on ORD. That's where your optimal life awaits.